and welcome back to 12 Rows Back, two witty and insightful fans with a knowledgeable and insightful take on our great game. Back again, mid-season, past the mid-season now, round 13. As we say every week, more and more to take in. Plenty to take in if you're a fan of particular teams that I'm familiar with. Uh, Close games all round, really. A few thrillers, particularly Saturday and definitely Sunday. So a lot to digest. How are you travelling, Seb? Yeah, couldn't be better, Tom. We had our first draw of the year. Uh, My my mob, North, uh, came out, competed hard, did a hell of a lot of things right, and then just couldn't find a way to win at the end of the day which was very disappointing, but I still sang the song. Don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you take you take two points at this oh, stage. Oh, my word, you? my word. It was the first oh, time since 2002 that all four teams on the bottom of the ladder won premiership points. So now that doesn't happen too often, Tom. Jeez, that's generational, that kind of stat. I was going to say, I'll give you a shout-out to if you want to feel better, Roos fans. I'm pretty sure you were the first team to trot out a, a, a team that had a surname starting with W, X, Y, and Z. If you check the uh, Roos team sheet, you might find Walker, Cherry, Young, and Zebel getting the letters done there. So there's things to hang your hat on for Roos fans. A uh, little random one off the top. Uh, but... Yeah, look, excitement all round. Uh, i got to say, Saturday night was hard viewing, and we'll cover that in depth later. But uh, fantastic, probably game of the season, that one on Sunday, Tigers v uh, West Coast. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a ripper over there. Um, you know, it was, was it level playing field? Richmond had to travel again, not at the MCG. It was a bit unfair for, for the Tigers. <laughs> uh, but no, look, that was a ripping contest. Richmond probably had their chances. Um, West Coast made the most of one late, and that was all she wrote. So... Uh, the Tigers the Tigers have only beaten one team in the top eight this year, which is the Dogs. Uh, and uh, their season is sort of on nice edge. I think they'll still play finals, but they're, they're going to be so far down the ladder. It'll mean travel, and they don't like travel. Yeah, Oh, quality, I like it already. We'll, we'll get to them later in the review. I mean, this episode's massive. We've got the uh, uni grades to come, and I'm sure we'll get to them there. Rapid fire, we've got team analysis uh, for the team in South Australia we want to get into, and a couple of changes uh, just off the top here, Seb. So if you want to take it away with uh, what, what Friday's game, what, what are we facing with this one, Cats v Dogs? Uh, so this one's actually stayed as is at the... Uh, what's it called now? GMHBA Stadium. It was skilled it. Cardinia. It took me a while to get there. Uh, Baytech. <laughs> Baytech, that is. Did, didn't, uh, I don't think there were any games when it was called that, but uh, that's that's one for those that uh, well, Cats fans. And they still, I wish they changed their song. They say Cardinia Park in the song. I wish they changed it. Every every time they get a new sponsor, change their words. <laughs> um, no, look, this is this is it. This is going to stay there, uh, and I'm pretty sure Geelong had the choice of moving it for a crowd or staying. They're still crossing their fingers that the Victorian government will do the right thing and allow them to have a crowd. Uh, if if you're Victorian and you most likely are listening to an AFL podcast, um, it is not looking likely that the state government has any idea what they're doing. Um, so you just hit and hope. Uh, what's here's a question without notice, Tom. What's more inconsistent and baffling for you: the directions from the government around COVID, or the directions from the MRO around some of these head high collisions? Because I don't think either have any idea what they're doing. 
Yeah, look, if, yeah, I mean, they're both week-to-week propositions, so... uh, I thought you could have just finished that with, um, they're both weak, and just left it at that. Um, (laughs) If you want to leave it there, let's do it. Um, Look, from what I've seen reported, the Cats stand to lose 900,000 by not having any fans there, which is, that stings. Um, And that's why, like, the Essendon-Hawthorne game was moved pretty quickly. Uh, whether it gives the Bombers a better chance to win, probably not going down to Launceston, which is a bit of a fortress for, for the Hawks. Uh, it was just the bottom line when you're probably not going to play finals. You just need to make sure you're getting some money coming in for these sorts of games. So uh, Cats are looking for a flag and are not too worried about dropping 900000 on it if, if that's what it means to get a win against the Dogs and try and solidify that top four spot. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, not that I know the ins and outs of the Cats, but we are seeing uh, some staff members there in alternate roles, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our uh, our good friend Liam, who was over there running water uh, on, sat- on Saturday night, Thursday night. Uh, did a good job. Kept the uh, kept the key fours well hydrated, and they uh, they they paid off. So uh, I think that was Correct. more a case so of you- having to isolate. Um, the South Australian government thought us Victorians were a bit dirty coming across. So uh, it's a bit hard to ask, you know, just a one-man show who lives in Adelaide to isolate for four days to run water. So uh, if you're already on the payroll, here's your chance to come out and run water. Um, I would have taken yeah. it. No, look, no, no, they do anything for your club, you've got to do that. So shout out there to uh, our man, and we'll, and we'll have you on soon. We can quiz you on the experience. I'd be interested to uh, hear that. But look, yeah, that's how well they're going at the moment, the Cats, that 900's not bothering them. They they want the points, and like we've said constantly, their chips are uh, all through the... Well, they're all on the table. They're all out there for this year's flag. So uh, they're not playing around with that. I mean, yeah, we keep talking about them banking wins, and, and this is probably just closer to doing that. I mean, if you postpone this dogs game to play it at marvel potentially later in the year it's a it's probably favors the dogs so have it get the points get the win it's a it's a tough trip for any team uh down down at cardinia park um look i I might have to get a stats man on it but this is probably one of the rare times they've played a a top four team down at the cattery in recent history maybe i think maybe the tigers in 2017 might be the most recent so it doesn't happen often and Look, they've got a great advantage, so use it. So they're doing that. I don't mind it from them. Uh, yeah, just as long as they get the points, I think, is is the, the key part. Um, I am interested in the, the Hawks and Dons. That that game just doesn't want to be where it wants to be this year. I remember in round one we were trying to talk about how uh, it should have been at the MCG, and, and now it's been moved again. So... They, uh, or was that one always a peg for, for Launceston? No, no, no. So this one, the first game of the, the year was at Marvel and we finally had crowds back and everyone was saying they should switch that game with a Freo yeah, right. Melbourne game because no one's going to turn up to watch that. Uh, Bombers well ahead. I think it was 39 points and dropped that one. Uh, and this one was ju- this one was just scheduled for the MCG. This one was a Bombers home game. Yeah, so... so- that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, uh, not not in Melbourne, and 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 it's been moved. But well, I mean, in Launceston, probably better for Hawks fans. But um, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned the fortress there, but um, 
and we're we're seeing your game as well. So the the Brizzy and North game moved as well. So is there financial implications there as well? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it you, comes back to money. Yeah. Um, if we play at Marvel in front of no crowd versus down there, I think the state government down there gives us something. Um, I mean, we've obviously got an agreement with them anyway, uh, and uh, it's just important to try and get whatever money you can in the door. And if that means flying down, I think I know on the weekend we were fly in, fly out same day because at the moment there's border restrictions on Victorians flying. The Giants flew in the night before, could stay, walk around, flew back that night. Um, so yeah, that, that a was bizarre. a question I was going to ask. Yeah, it is bizarre. So yeah, I mean, normally if if this thing sort of happened, you'd almost make a little mid-season boot camp and and just spend a couple of weeks down in Tassie getting acclimatised perfect your game style so you're ready to go but it's fly and fly out sort of stuff yeah i think we'd have to isolate pretty hardcore if we stayed down there um and we're only flying yep. down because we have exemptions uh and the afl doesn't announce the fixture any too far in advance so i think at the time we were making all these plans we didn't know where our next game was and um if you look at it logically there's probably no reason we can't have crowds there uh I think I saw there was a soccer match over in Scotland who had a thousand cases reported, and they got twelve thousand to the game, and they've had a thousand cases reported overnight. But we're having none or two, and we can't. We're not allowed anyone in, so there's no logic behind it. Um, but I think that's why teams aren't doing that because there's so much hope. And, and if you look at it logically, we should be able to have a crowd there, and, and you know. It, North only need 25% capacity when we play the Giants and, and um, Brisbane to get the same crowd we would if we didn't have a restriction. Like, we don't fill up more than sort of 15,000 at these games. But Well, yeah, th- this is a question fully without notice, so uh, catching you on the run here. But um, I'm pretty sure the crowd for that one was maybe 3,400. So do you think the, the Tassie fans are... COVID worried or do you think it's actually they're a bit we want our own team this is a statement or is it just Tassie Sunday game in the middle of winter doesn't appeal I was just interested in those numbers because they they weren't as you I mean I'm not saying you're you're picturing 20,000 for the Giants down there but you know sort of double figure amount 10,000 maybe 12 uh three and a half seemed a little low yeah look it did but look there's no it wasn't Actually, this one was scheduled for Tassie, I think. This one was always scheduled for Tassie. Um, Victorians would travel, and you'd fly down and make a weekend out of it. Queen's birthday, long weekend. We've we've done it. You and I have done it. You get down on the Friday, and you come back on the Monday, and you have a nice little weekend down in Tassie. You can't do that. Uh, So I think that hurt it a little bit. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's 18th playing 10th as well. You know, if I'm a neutral fan, it's a bit cold. I ain't getting out to go and see that one. I'd much rather go <laughs> and see, it, e- even though they're equally terrible in Hawthorne. You know, Hawthorne are 17th and Essendon, what, a 9th or 10th at the moment. Um, there's a li- at least a little bit of rivalry and a bit of heat in that one that'll make it uh, worth your while attending. Hopefully there's a s- some sort of velvet sledgehammer-style antics. I love that. Yeah, rivalry. the old line in the sand. I sort love of, that. Rivalry. Yeah, it, oh, it, look, a lot of history in that one. Um, and look, and I guess we'll see it plan out. I mean, yeah, it it is interesting. I guess this round it just Tassie sort of has that flavour of the month. I mean, yeah, we've seen a lot of games move to Sydney, maybe spreading the load a bit. You know, you, you've sort of opened doors down there in Tassie, and they they want to continue that. 
it's going to keep happening because I don't think we're getting crowds uh, anytime soon. Well, we'll have to wait, I guess, yeah, till round 15. So still a couple of weeks away before we get they that one. They still might get a crowd on Friday night. They're still not sure. So, yeah, so, okay, so that, that is... There's not been one case in Geelong of... for all of 2021. There's not been a single case, but we can't have a crowd there because that's the rule. So, uh, I'd watch this space. I reckon they're going to try and get something happening. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just a very much a week-to-week proposition. Uh, would, the Saints obviously had their game up at uh, Kazali. And that was pre-planned. Yeah, that was always always scheduled for up there. Um, was it beneficial for the Saints? Do you think they would have won that game if it was in Melbourne? No, I think we would have won that game if it was in Melbourne. Um, I mean, you could see. I'm not sure if you caught the game, but I mean, it it was. I mean, nighttime games can be dewy. That we. I mean, we spoke about that last year with games in uh, at the Gabba. We were really worried about that. But and I know it did rain late, but. It genuinely was a wet weather game played in what seemed to be dry conditions for at least sort of the first half and a bit. There might have been some uh, post-halftime rain. It, it was, and the humidity that you get as well. So, you know, players sweat, dew on the ground because it's at night and the fact that, yeah, there was some just water issues on the ground. It, was, it wasn't it was beneficial in any way. Um, I mean, yeah, we'll get to us in the grades, but, you know, we, we had our feet stuck in quicksand in that second half, tired, tired legs at playing that brand and... I mean, it's hard to say game style for the Saints in 2021, but I guess whatever pieces of our game style we have left probably favour the faster Marvel deck. So, look, we're talking about clubs losing money. I know that one was one for us to, you know, help the balance sheet. So I guess that that played a fair role in it as well. Yeah, definitely. Look, it would have helped the balance sheet. It didn't help anywhere else within the club, I don't think, given the... uh, End result and a bit of uh, bit of media talk, which we might come to. I've got a couple of questions for you, Tom. We're a little bit later. Good uh, rapid fire, I'm and ready. We've, we've got a mailbag from not from one of our regulars, which is very oh, refreshing. Not that we don't want the uh, regulars uh, getting on the mailbag uh, at twelve rows back at gmail.com for the traditional, otherwise Instagram and Facebook uh, else as our other options. But um, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to that. I've got a question to, to rewind the round all the way back to Thursday night. We watched, look, I'll admit I was sitting there at one point in the last quarter as they were going goal for goal, end to end, thinking this is this has been the game of the year. And a certain Port Adelaide football club faded badly late. And now there's just all kinds of questions on them. Yes, they'll probably make finals. Top four's looking dicey, though. They, they've got great players on paper. They've got players actually playing well. Travis Boat continues to keep on going, but I just don't know where they're at. So, Seb, I'm just asking, where are they at as a football club, Port Adelaide? Well, from what I've seen, they are genuine flat trackers, flat track bullies. Um, love their home deck against the bottom eight side. That That is bread and butter. Uh, love playing... Look, they love getting bottom eight sides anywhere. Give them a challenge. Uh, look, they psyched themselves up to play Richmond, and it seemed like a great win earlier in the year. But now you factor it in, that's the only... I think it's the only top eight side they've beaten. And yeah, that's right. uh, Richmond not going so well. This is not Richmond of 2020, 2019. We're going to win the flag. This is that team on the back end um, sort of struggling. So 
there's a lot of questions at Port. The biggest thing I think, a lot of their recruits, they're not mentally tough players. And, like... Have you got a few names? I'll throw a couple here. out. Fantasia. Great yep. when things are going their way, but he's not a run-hard tackle. Put some pressure on. Sometimes a bit of token pressure. Stevie Motlop. Looks unreal when the ball's moving faster than he's running, but... Geez, he's the first to give up on a chase if 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 he can get out of it. Um, Charlie Dixon hasn't been able to re- capture any form against any of the quality sides in the league. Um, I don't think he's necessarily mentally soft, but you know, if you bring a bloke like that into your club, you want him to start firing against some of the big shots, the big the big teams and the big games. Um, who else have they recruited that you? Look, you, you like uh, Aaliyah Aaliyah. Uh, he, he's been a good recruit for them. But um, I, I guess, yeah, you, you're looking sort of at the southern end of uh, of their list. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Tom, Tom Jonas, I guess he does a good job down back. I mean, he got found out a little bit with Cameron's pace and, and Tomahawk down there. Sam Pepper, he, he's inconsistent at the best. Uh, Riley Bonner, he's, he's still trying to nail down a spot down there. I mean, yeah, Connor Rosie, he had the game of his life, but he has also been uh, inconsistent. Um, they're trotting Laddams out in the ruck. Um, so they're, they're losing Scotty Lysette. I know he, he's a recruit. He, he's probably a tick for me. He, his physicality, well, is a reason he's not playing because he was slinging uh, blokes around in the showdown. But um, he's a he's a massive out for them. Uh, Trent McKenzie, the, uh, the cannon. Uh, down there, he's still unproven, playing undersized. Ryan Burton, he um, has shown some brilliance, and I've had him in uh, Super Coach and really enjoyed his work. But a couple of times late, he he sort of dropped a couple. So look, not not picking. I mean, I think he's a great player, but we're we're just talking about what we're seeing in front of us in this current patch. Um, and then yeah, Ollie Wines and Travis Boker carrying an absolute mountain of work on their shoulders. So, yeah, you sort of trot that out. Um, and, you know, what are they getting from Robbie Gray at the moment? I was moment? just going to say, getting Robbie his possessions, Gray was doing, but is he he's his doing some outstanding stuff last year. Um, and just seems to... Look, dropped off might be a bit harsh because he's sort of got a pretty high standard, but he's just not compared to compared to some of the stuff he's doing. Like 20 possessions, no goals against the Cats. He, he needs yeah. to kick two. Um, and, and you can, uh, I mean, look in the in the modern game. But I guess you know, I'd love to get twenty at any any level. But uh, getting getting twenty isn't what it used to be. So it is a little easier to chalk up. I'm just looking purely at his last game. But you know, your you sort of ability to chalk up stats on the stat sheet, it's more what you do with it. So for him, it's kicking goals as well as getting those possessions. So if you're not kicked doing fifteen that, goals in twelve games, and in four of those games he was goalless. So he needs to be kicking at least one every week and probably trying to get closer to that two um, to, to, for, for them to be a top four side. And that's they're not at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know where to for the power. They have sort of pretty consistently brought in these not so much recycled players but older players. Um, and I thought they were ready to take a step last year and they... Just about beat Richmond. It was a contentious deliberate out of bounds, which I think we settled on was a right call, but they got to pay it all game sort of thing. 
and then they were sort of ready to take the next step and it's like they just said we've got to get past Richmond we're going to get past Richmond we've got to get past Richmond and they got past Richmond but so are four other sides at the moment so yeah, exactly. you've got to have a game style that stands up not just get past Richmond so uh, I'd be I'd be feeling a little bit uncomfortable as a Port Adelaide supporter with their position in the eight not, not in the eight their their position on the ladder in terms of playing finals and their ability to win and get through to another prelim final. I think that's a serious question mark. They sit fifth at the moment, don't they? Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're fifth. So hang, hanging on there. But I mean, if, if you look at the ladder now, it's percentage between... I mean, Sydney and West Coast are equal in wins. Uh, and so are Brisbane. So that, that sort of four to seven range, it's just percentage splitting them. So... You know, you talk about sort of dropping one or two, you could end up seventh. Well, they've got to beat it. the Suns because if they beat the Suns, they, oh, game they've got the hand, game in yeah. hand. I expect Brisbane to win. Over Sydney and West Coast, and that is. And Geelong yeah. playing the Dogs, which that's a key game. Um, but the Port have to beat the Gold Coast, who have been a bit of a bogey side over the journey for them. Yeah, well, I think the Suns had their first, first win. win in their history uh, over the uh, power there. Look, th- this is the reason where, you know, we, we sat here last year and loved their form, but there was always something nagging in the back of our head saying, oh, are the power the real deal? So this is kind of the time where those kind of worries we had of playing out, it's up to them, I guess, now to, to see if they can find that, that grit and, uh, you know, prove the doubters wrong and, and start stringing some games and, and get some scalps, get Charlie kicking six against uh you know brisbane on a on a saturday arvo and just sort of stamp yourself and, and build from there but uh look it's a great segue because we're we're into the university grades and they are top where i mean where do you grade that game against the cats from the power uh a big fail for me uh they the look home deck thursday night footy the cats had a very weird build up for them um, in the sense of they had to fly in, they had to wait around on the Adelaide Oval to get negative COVID tests. Uh, so nothing about their preparation was normal, the Cats, but they came out like professionals and just took care of business and the power just couldn't and it was really a must win. They win that and they could really solidify that top four spot. They failed. Um, they didn't get embarrassed and the Cats are pretty good. I think we're all starting to see just how good Jeremy Cameron was and then we're going to start talking about how good he really is and then you go well yeah if he didn't start his career at the Giants if he went to a Melbourne club you know he would have got more accolades and we're going to start that cycle but uh, he was absolutely unreal and uh, I'd give the Cats a high distinction Tom for tearing apart a fellow top eight they're equal on points at the moment so they tore him apart and that was just huge no, I fully, fully agree with you there on that one. I, I mean, I was a uh, nice little feature they've got on the AFL uh, app. Uh, you can have a look at the live ladder and legit as we went goal for goal in that last quarter, it was one team in the four, one team out. Uh, that's how close it was. Power have slipped out. Uh, I'm fully with you. It's a definite fail. I mean, this is Thursday night uh, coming off the bye. I mean, this is almost a traditional game, the Cats v Power, they seem to find each other after the bye, and the Cats usually have a shocking record in this game, but um, yeah, look, the Power, if you if you said that, you know, Rosie and Dixon had kicked nine between them, uh, you'd think the Power would go all right, it, it was just that Cameron and Hawkins also kicked nine between them, and they really, really hurt them when it mattered, I mean, Cameron in that last quarter was unbelievable, so... It's a massive fail as well for the power. Um, for the Cats, 
we have a new premiership favourite, Seb. They are premiership favourites in my eyes, the Cats. It would be an enormous failure if they didn't win it from here. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Atlanta Falcons were up 28-3 uh, in a certain Super Bowl? I sure do. That is, that is where the Cats are for me right now. So if they lost it from here, it would be a la that game. That's how far ahead uh, of the comp they are. Loving their work at Geelong. Uh, they, they've just got it all. I mean, their midfield didn't even really need to kick into gear. Um, you know, you look at who got the disposals on uh, Thursday night. It was a backman, Tommy Stewart. You know, Mitch Duncan had 20 and he was second best. And it didn't matter because they got a forward line that is that powerful. So if they can get that up and flying in September, yeah, look out. It's going to be a whitewash there, a HD for me as well, Seb. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with a hell of a lot of what you just said. Uh, I do have the Cats as number one for the flag. Uh, I've had them there for a while. I've had them there since the start of the year, I think, Tom, where you may or may not have had them in the eight. Uh, they've kept climbing. But, uh, I think we uh, saw an MVP review. But look, I yeah, just want to say on your NFL, NFL comparison, that 28-3 to three was with a quarter and a bit to go in the Super Bowl. They're not six goals up in no. the grand final just yet. <laughs> no, no, not look, that's fair. I think... Uh, a certain Geelong fan I know might have put the jinx on the Saints, so maybe I'm going a little uh, back in his court. But, no, nah, look, they are flying. There's plenty of footy to go, but if they continue this form, they are going to be tough to beat the Cats. So looking forward to that. Did you catch uh, Frio versus the Gold Coast on a Saturday after? Oh, no, actually, no. Uh, before we get to that one, uh, I've already looked here at the rundown. We've got the Swans versus the Hawks. Uh, little Friday night special I had to sort of take a double take on this one that we weren't watching something from uh, 2014 in this one. That was uh, a throwback for the old Hawks and Sydney just looked like a tired outfit. Yeah, the Swans really looked like a side that was going to, we're going to turn up and we're going to have a good win here. Um, we're playing 17th, you know, we should get this win and a lot of damage done in the second quarter, five goals to two and the Hawks led by four goals at uh, half time and I thought the Swans were going to peg something back in the third quarter and they just didn't and then the Hawks had a little bit of fun in the last quarter and they've given them a fair old touch up in the end uh, what's that 38 points yeah well I mean it, you did sort of think you know if even when it was four goals at, at three didn't quarter time yeah do the Swans have this in them they, they kind of as weird as it sounds like those situations the Swans they do when it's backs against the wall, tend to perform really well. Um, so you'd, you'd back them in, but uh, yeah, they just didn't have enough uh, firepower, uh, whereas the Hawks did, which is not something uh, you'd say. I mean, CJ just keeps on going on. He didn't get a shout-out in our most improved for the year, but he's definitely there. Um, Jaeger O'Meara, I mean, should he have been playing? I don't know, but he had an absolute night out. Tommy Mitchell just showed them what they're missing. I'm giving everyone sort of whenever the Hawks go well gives Clarko uh, the kudos, but I'm giving it to the players this week. The Hawks uh, first 18 and the four on the bench and sub. Hats off to you. You got the job done. Real team performance. They dominated the f the footy all night basically. Uh, dominated possession. Dominated contested possession as well. So now love their work. Um, and I've got to give them a distinction for that effort. And it's a definite fail for the Swans. Yeah, I, um, I'll push back a little bit on not giving Clarko any credit. He's had a boxing session the start of the week and said, you lot, well, you lot yeah. need to toughen up. Like, <laughs> this is not acceptable. This is not how Hawthorne go about it. 
and well, was- uh, who who was it? Mitch Lewis. He's 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 caught yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Um, he, he's caught one, and the AFL are investigating it. Well, we know what happens here. It'll be a it's a boat race, Tom. A negotiated outcome here. They'll they'll slap the wrists or something like that. Clarko wouldn't give two hoots. He fired up the players, got them up, and they beat Sydney. Who I think they really hate Sydney. I, th- I think they've. This this is a yeah. yeah genuine rivalry. This one I know they've sort of fallen out of the eight these two, but there's a fair bit of history and some fairly large games between. Yeah, these so two. I reckon the Hawks Hawks fans all over will be pretty happy with that. Uh, I will give the Hawks a high distinction for winning that. I didn't think they had a hope in Hades, uh, and the Swans get to. I think they can go and see the coordinator. That was a pretty lackluster oh. effort. Uh, and they win that. They really solidify that top eight spot. They got a tough run coming up. If they drop out of the eight, this is the game that they should have won, and and kept help keep their spot. I absolutely, couldn't agree with you more there. So now to the Saturday afternoon game, which was I'm surprised a, uh, you're so keen to game. get to these two because they weren't great. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. It, it, look, it, it hardly a, a blockbuster clash, but. Uh, one for for a couple of fans, uh, fan groups out there. Frio just, I mean, it, it probably played out as you would have expected. Maybe Frio and at home, you, you've got to back them there. Suns travelling. I mean, they they did it right against the Eagles earlier in the year. It look, it didn't trouble the scorers at halftime. Three four to one eight. Um, it's hardly a uh, name the game classic, but I'm looking here at the stat sheet. Ace Brayshaw. You know, Ryan, he always does it. Akers, Tucker, uh, Dumont, Chera, all their young guns in their top possession getters. So you can't ask for much more there from the Dockers. The young guns playing well at home. So maybe that is the thing for the Dockers at the moment is they are a young group and we've got to give them credit for performing as a young group. But travelling and learning that, I guess, that football maturity to jump on a plane and win is just the next part of their game. But it is proven at home they can get the job done, especially if it's a bottom eight side. Um, look, the Suns, I mean, I'm sort of shrugging. I mean, I didn't expect too much out of them. That's probably a bad thing because, it, it, yeah, are we just happy to keep shrugging and happy to just cop these performances from a plucky Suns? I, I'm i a bit sick of them now. So, look, Frio, you can't give them anything, I think, bar a pass. Um Look, oh, look! I can't, I can't quite send the Suns to the coordinator for that, but they're mighty close, so they're a fail for me. Yeah, that, that's pretty fair. I'll, I'll go you one better. They can go see the coordinator, of the Suns. They were, that was pretty terrible. Uh, I know you got to travel, and it's the longest road trip in footy, but one goal in the first half of footy when you're up against the very undermanned Dockers uh, is just not good enough. And I'll give the Dockers a distinction because they were missing a hell of a lot of players and played like a professional outfit. Wasn't pretty, but got the job done. Um, and done relatively well. It wasn't a late goal to sort of just keep them in it. Um, how many games did you think they'd win without five? Yeah, not not many. Even at home, though, you, you'd be doubtful on them, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's um, he's pretty important. Um, and they had, they had a handful of others from their best 22 out. So... One in that they did have that I did like in that game was uh, Alex Pierce, who's had a shocking injury run. Good to see him uh, out there, and he had uh, 
16 and then took about seven grabs. So he, he had a solid return. So I'm glad he's back out playing. Yeah, no, that was, that was one of the good footy stories from the weekend. Uh, so we move on to a Saturday night game at uh, up there at Kazali Stadium. Up there, up there, yep. Kazali. That might be the best thing to come out of this game. Uh, it all went pear shaped for the Saints at half time. Uh, I, 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 look, the Saints get a fail and Adelaide get a a pass for winning from me. I, I don't think too much else of that game. It was just a just one of those ones that uh, it got played. It's in the record books and we don't talk about it again, Tom. Yeah, look, I'm I'm probably happy to uh, to do that. Look. For the for the listeners out there that enjoy uh, a little bit of Saints pain, this this is your your textbook game for it. I mean, the amount of times the Channel Seven team were running with minutes in front, and it was basically and two hours St Kilda nothing crows or twenty seconds crows. That that stat was just the biggest killer. It, it, you could see it coming, it, but as soon as we started the last quarter. Um, just trying to save the game it, it, and, you know, trying to steer into the conditions that it was, you know, slippery, ball bouncing around, lots of tackles, lots of ball ups, um, lots of stoppages. Uh, you know, I think we just went into a shell. I mean, it was just a different version of instead of, you know, copying eight goals in a row and losing by 80 years we've done this year, we just sort of battened down and just tried to win a game you know, like we would in the Ross Lyon era, but uh, we're not that team. We're definitely not that team. So, uh, yeah, I could keep going on, Seb, if you want me to. It, it was a it was a heartbreaker. I don't know how many different ways you, you can break it to to be thirty six to zero up and have the commentators talking about teams being scoreless at halftime and comparing Adelaide to Fitzroy. Uh, you know, I think it was the longest a team hasn't scored, but then gone on to win forty eight minutes of game time. I mean, yeah. Don't worry, I, I was uh, I was on the Saints Twitter on uh, on Saturday night, and it's not really a great place to be. So, um, but look, you can't blame us after that. We're off to the coordinator. I was borderline going to suspend us, but we've got a buy, so we've got time to think about it. But uh, I know there's other clubs, uh, Navy Blue actually, the Blues thinking of uh, reviews. But we've been bashed in the media this week as we should, and and they're calling for reviews. Not a bad idea. We need just to just realign where we're at uh we're off to the coordinator again uh with our vip seat that we seem to have there uh adelaide look did did what they had to do might have got a couple of rubber the green incidents late but they got the job done at the at the at the death um i mean big riley thilthorpe he's got the uh rising star nod um yeah when i say rubber the green i mean he got a little cheapy there but i mean if we were good enough it wouldn't have mattered we should have won so you can have that um he's kicking goals off uh over his head um yeah i mean pass for adelaide it, it was an ugly one but uh yeah i'm I'm happy to move on from that one seb that it was tough viewing oh i can only imagine the the mighty crom there's you know the old. We we never really watch the old Three Stooges, but we get the gag when three blokes try to walk through the same door. That's how many negative thoughts about this game I've got, and they've all tried to come out there. Uh, but yeah, it was a shocker. Yep, we'll move on to the uh, <laughs> to su- Sunday afternoon. We had a uh, a thrilling draw. I don't reckon many people caught this, and Channel Seven gave it the flick in favour of the uh, Sunday night game, which I'm all for. Uh, but I have a question for you on that game too. Uh, North played really well, played out of their skin, 
I think I worked out somewhere in the third quarter it was on. We were a chance and we are up 28 points and we were just a young side who didn't know how to win and we, we failed to win but we didn't lose so we took two points home and sang the song, some of us. Uh, <laughs> Can I just get a confirmation there for our listeners slash viewers? You did sing the song after this game. Uh, I didn't, but I'm running with the joke that I did because it's getting a lot of legs. Maybe I should cut that and say I did, but uh, I, no. I, well, I think I sang it at three quarter time. I was trying to teach Ollie the words. I was getting ready for it. Uh, oh, we to do were that. we were flying. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we're playing more games down in Tassie because we seem to love it. Uh, I still want to view this with one eyed North supporter and give us a distinction because it was a pretty good effort against a team that, by all rights, if they win this they'd be right in the finals contention. Um, this one and that, that Richmond game, they probably should have won. They're two games that really got away, and you give them two more wins, and they're knocking on the door. Um, and the Giants have failed. They should have won. They're, they're better than us. Um, it was great to see Josh Kelly running around and doing whatever he wanted. I hope he knows that he can come and do that for North and gets a little bit more recognition next year. Uh, but... It's not too much more to say. It was a good game of footy. It was exciting. It was up and down. But um, at the end of the day, you got to get a win, and, and we didn't. Um, but I'll still give us a distinction because I didn't really give us a chance to win that game. No, look, that that is uh, spot on. I, I'm going to take a leaf out of your book. I think, yeah, distinction for North. I mean, by probably... Look, I know yeah, you're sort of 28 up and sitting pretty, but, I mean, you even had a nice sort of, what was a three-goal lead basically halfway through the last. Um, I, I'm, I'm buying into your theory that it is some sort of fortress down there. You've played better footy there than anywhere else in the country this year. So, um, yeah, it is building down there. So probably another game down there this week helps you. Um, player-wise, I guess, um, I mean, yeah, Jai Simkin, he's a gunner. He's someone to keep watching. Captain Seb. I know it's... It, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, good. I well, I, I might come with you. Loving his work. Um Good to see Froggy Dumont getting back into a bit of form mm. as well. Um, yeah, look, I, I think he, he's got a, a good future ahead of him. Yeah, still still working out your goals. I mean, yeah, a couple from Larky, a couple from Zerha. Um, you'll take that. Taron Thomas, a couple, I guess. Um, yeah, look, basically, apart from the win, it was an ideal day. So that's why uh, I've got to give you the distinction there. Um yeah, look, for the Giants, I think they're off to the coordinator for me. You, you've got a chance here against the worst team in footy just to solidify your spot in the eight. And when I say that, Seb, it's only because you're 18th. I don't think you're going that bad. Um, but you've got a chance. You've got a live kill. It doesn't... I mean, if the good teams can win anywhere, you've got to prove that. They gave a young team a sniff, and you just can't do that. I think they were flattered by the draw. Um, but, yeah, like you said, this sort of... The Tigers game hurts, but now it's amplified by this performance. So it's really just making that top eight that we talked about last week as a certainty even more certain. They're off to the coordinator for me, the Giants. Oh, two one. points in the coordinator. That's I like it, Tom. I like the conviction in your grade there. Uh, Ripper game Sunday night. It, now, I spoke about uh, having feelings of game of the year. This was the game of the year for me. Do you think they should always play a game on the like for the long weekends on the Sunday night? 
You've uh, you've pinched one out of my. Oh, we'll, we'll uh, leave it. We'll leave it later on. I'll but, let you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we'll, you we'll get back it. into that. Um, uh, West Coast were brilliant. Richmond were probably equally as brilliant. West Coast found a way to win, like the good sides do, and not that Richmond aren't a good side, but uh, they just didn't have it on on Sunday night. Uh, it, uh, I I give West Coast. I'm up. I'm up in the air on. I'm going to give them a distinction because it was a bloody good win and a good game. And Richmond can have a fail because they had to travel and they didn't win. And that's a, my big knock on them. And they're going to have to keep travelling. And I hope the grand final's not the MCG again so they can, if they get there, they have to travel for that and can suck it up. So they're my grades, Tom. <laughs> no, no, that, look, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I know with these grades we sort of base them on what we thought maybe pre-game and what we actually saw. But sometimes you just see things happen in games and, and that's enough to give you a, a mark as well. You can be swayed by that. So for the Tigers to sort of have this game by the scruff and what were they sort of three or four goals up halfway through the last, you're sort of thinking, oh, geez, if this is anything like when they belted Essendon, this could get ugly. But it actually went the other way. The Eagles dug their heels in and I, I was just watching the coach's box and just watching Dimmer saying, what are we doing? I, you could clearly read it on his lips. He's like, what are we doing? They absolutely just dropped their bundle, that Richmond back line, and, and they were under siege. And uh, the crowd, you know, a WA crowd in full voice, it's actually, you know, that old 19th man to pinch one from the Crows. They used to go with that. Um, it genuinely got them back in. And then, yeah, like I said, I mean, this was game of the year because it's a, it had so many, like, mini stories in it, little mini arm wrestles. I mean... Shy Bolton could have taken mark of the century if he uh, got two hands to that big one. Um, and, and to have it come down to that kick at the end, I mean, even that very last play, if Castagna lowers the eyes and finds a target rather than belting it uh, anywhere near Shannon Hearn, we could have a different result. But, yeah, this is uh, the clubhouse leader for best game of 2021. Uh, Eagles, uh, a distinction for that effort, and Tigers a fail. Yeah, it, was, it had all the makings of a, of a classic. That's a name a game. Uh, if they, well, the service is gone. If they have some sort of classics, they do have them on KO. That one can come back next year. Traditional Queen's birthday clash, uh, the Big Freeze, Big Freeze 7 at the G, although the game was at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, Melbourne, look, it was probably the worst week to play Collingwood all year because they were really playing for their coach. <laughs> and this wasn't a coach who'd been there for a few years this was a coach who was a legend of their club before he came to be a coach. Um, in Nathan Buckley stepping down, I, I mentioned briefly, obviously in our best bets tipping last week, I said Melbourne were going to romp them, and they were my best bet. I changed it, obviously, uh, because once that news came out, Collingwood were always going to come out and fire a shot. I still didn't think they'd win, but they were mighty impressive. And I don't know, like... Melbourne have been that good. You just give them a mulligan, don't you, and say, I'll oh, move on. You just forget that one. Like, whatever. Like, I'm not. Well, you would if you're a D's fan. You'd try yeah, I'm, and do I'm not that. worried about it. I don't knock their credentials for dropping that one or the game against Adelaide. You know, they've beaten all the top eight sides. They've just dropped two against lower sides. Uh, and this was the worst week to get Collingwood. So I'm giving Melbourne a fail because it's just a. just doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to lose a game somewhere along the line. That's it. It'll sharpen them up for their, for their next one. Uh, and the Pies can have a high distinction. Um, that's it. Like, mail your season in. 
start sending the players off for surgery. There's reports that come out tonight. Darcy Moore's off for surgery. He's out for most of the year, I think. Um, that, that You won't get a better win this year, Collingwood. It's time to start getting your draft picks. <laughs> well said. Hopefully, uh, for Rob Harvey's sake, they can give a yelp. But uh, if it goes down that way... Um, yeah, as you said, big, big freeze. A lot of money raised. Awesome cause. Great, uh, just as a little side note, to see uh, the whiz Jeff Farmer going down the slide because I've seen uh, it sort of sparked a bit of a history lesson and a few clips coming up uh, on my news feeds of, of some of his deeds. And, geez, they could have done with him out there, uh, the whiz uh, Melbourne, because they look stale. They they just, yeah, didn't didn't give a yelp. The, the care factor was low. I mean, even at the end there, they just didn't look like they had the want or the, the desire to get close to this on the other side of the coin Collingwood yeah for Bucks their their man um, I'm struggling to actually think of uh, of a coach that has won his last two games not just his last game but his last two games and and left I know he, he sort of left himself Bucks but um, it, it, it was odd to see um, to see that but look yeah full full credit to the pies they were unbelievable they yeah switched on i mean pendles in particular he he just wound back the clock he he was doing whatever he wanted i mean yeah some of the, some of the young guys uh coming through um big max lynch in the ruck was a bit of a revelation up against maxi i didn't think he would get anywhere near that uh jordan de he had massive midfield numbers maynard he he's played a ton of games under bucks he, he just all these names i mean that they've grown with Bucks and, and they love playing for him. Jack Crisp, I mean, he transferred over to Collingwood. He loved it. it yeah, it was it was unbelievable for the Pies. So, funnily enough, Seb, uh, Bucks coached 117 wins and he also played in 117 wins. So, nice little bit of synergy there. Uh, he can finish his Collingwood career with a HD uh, for the Pies, which I know he'll have next to his Norm Smith and Brownlow as one of his career highlights, getting a HD in his last game on 12 rows back. And I'm feeling savage. The D's can go and see the coordinator. You're the top team. Everyone thought you were going to waltz this one in. You waltzed the whole game. Didn't really give a yelp. Uh, you know, I know there's there's little mental breaks you can take, but save it for the bye. This is a, you're a top team, and you've been belted by Collingwood on Queen's birthday many a time. You knew they were going to be fired up, and you just let it happen. So they can go see the coordinator. I love it, Tom. Uh, we've sent five teams of the coordinator between us. And we've we've given out <laughs> five high distinctions, which we don't often do. So it's a lot to unpack in that round of footy. Yeah, a little little extreme round uh, in this this buy round. Plenty to to pack in. It, I am looking actually uh, back at the uh, the coordinator, and they've actually got. I mean, we haven't doubled up on any no. coordination here, so it is genuinely five teams off. So it's a busy week for the yep, coordinator. Yeah, we'll be busy. We'll have to get the uh, Saints to show them all the way. Uh, now, speaking of packing things in, are you ready to just sort of fire through a few things with some rapid fire? Yep, as we always do, we're rapid firing uh, these away. All Let's right. get into it. Should Carlton, and, and they announced Harry Mackay signed a new deal, should they hold off on re-signing players until they've completed this review? Yeah, you'd probably think a well-rounded club would do that. Yes, that's a good angle to take think, on that one. I think Maybe Harry's it's bit, just something to dangle. For yeah, the I think fans. Harry's a bit more important. So I can understand getting that done, but even with Crips, I'd be holding off till you do your review because if you decide you need to stop and reset or change your coach or just do something drastic, Crips has got some currency in throwing back to one of the Perth teams, like 
there's it still sounds a bit crazy he's captain but there's some merit to the idea whereas if you re-sign them all and then you bring in a new coach you can't, and you're stuck with all these what, what can you do like yeah look big names maybe a different look, that, story that, that's thinking it that is thinking ahead which i guess you not know their strong yeah, the good teams do are the blues one of them that's what we're going to find out but uh, look uh, th- that's a good angle to take because yeah you, that, that's probably what past coaches have had in that they've been lumped with you know the old list and it's taken two three maybe even four seasons for some just to get the list in the stage where they think it's mildly like the team they want to have so uh look harry harry's probably the outlier there you you sign him up he is the future of the blues uh and i'm pretty sure 100 percent of smart blues fans would agree with that yep yep no i i think you had to sign him, him up teams were waiting but uh we'll see what happens there i yeah mid-season review not sure on anyway what have you got uh yeah to to hark back onto uh something you uh teased earlier so I just wanted to ask you, this Queen's Birthday Eve game, do we have the chance for another marquee slot? And I'm not talking a Victorian v Victorian. I'm talking a WA versus Victorian, finally an interstate marquee game. I I don't think it was actually a day off in WA, but they still packed the stands. That was unbelievable. Is there potential in this as a marquee slot? Yeah, I was going to bring up, it wasn't a public holiday for Perth. So how it can extend to be a marquee slot when they don't get the day off is beyond me. Um, in theory, you should give a Monday game for them for their Queen's birthday and you play it on their day off and let them pack in. But we know the fixture's done from a Victorian office with a Victorian eyes. Uh, the fact they packed it in anyway shows, yes, like we can have a game on that Sunday night. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the only public holiday that we can use through the fixture to to get one yeah, off. Yeah, that'd be it, obviously. Uh, Labor Day's too it, early and Cup and Day too Easter late. Easter Monday so. is... Like, you've already got a game there. No one's going on Easter yeah, Sunday e- evening. Um, that round is already stretched out as it is. So uh, I think it could definitely work, but I, try and take advantage. The week before it was Queensland and Brisbane. Queensland and WA had the public holiday on the Monday. So whether you gave those two teams a game on the on the... Sunday night or something like they'll pack it out and that could be that could start being a thing as well but um, look I think we were lucky it was played in another state because us Victorians are a bit of a soup when it comes to going to the footy late on a Sunday uh, and it involved not only a big Victorian club the, just about the biggest club in Australia from Perth and the Eagles and they're both going well they're both travelling well so it all yeah. it was a bit of a perfect storm, and I think they're going to try and replicate it and potentially fail because not everything will be working together. Yeah, look, that, that's a fair take. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, but that that is a, a way to, I guess, jump jump start this kind of thing um, when, when you've got the teams flying. I mean, the fact that it was an absolute classic of a game that that probably goes a long way too. I'm sure if it was. West Coast winning by 10 goals, we would be having this discussion. So, it, it, look, it's put it in line. So, I, I just thought, yeah, look, and this you'll you'll hate, Seb, but, yeah, very Victorian biased of me, but it was pretty nice to just sit down on Sunday night and have this game going. It was, uh, you know, in prime time, I mean, on Channel 7, um, 
and just sit back and enjoy over your long weekend. So I guess maybe as a Victorian with the day off uh, the next day, it, it was pretty nice. So I look, I wouldn't care if it was a WA team or a South Australian team, I'd watch it. But uh, this is probably the kind of thinking you're wanting the AFL Would to Would you have watched it if it wasn't a day off the following day? Probably not. Yeah, right. It's interesting. As in, no, as in like, you know, I obviously try and watch as many games as I can, but I mean, it, it did feel... It didn't feel like the end of your Look, weekend. That, that, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, it didn't feel like the end of the weekend. It felt like this is just yeah part of an, this longer weekend, and it, and it just felt a little bit more comfortable. I guess uh, it was easier to prioritise watching it. I guess maybe when your weekend ends, or you know, it's coming, and you've got Monday that you sort of pick and choose what you're doing on a Sunday night a little bit more. Yep, no, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, did you happen to hear? Don't know if he did, but Jai Newcomb in his first game had 12 tackles on Debu, which is the most ever on Debu. Did you catch that stat? It was mentioned ad nauseum. Yeah, I think was it 12? Or 12. It might have even been 14. It was hot. Yeah. It was 12 in the end. So yeah, <laughs> maybe it's the new uh, Pendles plays basketball stat. I mean, let's see what he can do, Jai, this week. But uh, yeah, good good to see him straight out of the mid-season and straight into the team. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. We probably didn't need that one a million so times. So he's laid the same amount of tackles as... These are pretty big name players. Remember, he's played one game. These guys have played double figures. Darcy Moore, Harris Andrews, Max King, uh, Lockie Plowman, right? So he's, he's had just as many as them in one game versus their 10 or more. Uh, they're probably not big tackling guys, though, Tom. Like, they're, they're big defen- key defenders, or Max is a forward. Yeah, key, key back. Although Max is pretty agile, I'm told, and pretty quick, but, you know, he hasn't got too many. Uh, let's just look at some of the other names. I'm talking guys who have played some footy. Like Liam Ryan, he's played eight games. You think he might be able to lay a bit more than one and a half tackles a game. Uh, you know, quick, that forward pressure. Uh, you got Paddy Dow from the Blues. Alex Sexton from the Suns. He's laid eight tackles for the year, but he laid four against Freo on the weekend. Sorry, he's laid, laid 12 for the year in eight games, but four on the weekend. Uh, Nathan. Well, Nath Jones has only laid 12 across seven games. It might be why he's not getting a gig. Um, is he too slow or just not up to it? Um, I just I know Jordan DeGoe is on this list somewhere and I cannot find him. Sam Petrosi-Seaton playing as a defender has only had 10 tackles in the eight games. Should he be playing as a defender? Probably not. Uh, it just uh, it was great to see him come in. And he just he just wanted to play footy. He didn't care what his role was. He was out there to do his absolute best. And uh, players who can do that, they're actually rare. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, if you can get a bloke that can do that every week and, that, and that's his role and he's happy to stick to that, yeah, lock him lock him in. That They're the, kind, they're the, the players that make clubs tick when you can get blokes sort of I guess sacrificing a more, uh, I guess flamboyant game for the, for that kind of stuff, and it's usually yeah, you're either your inside mids or your lockdown defenders that you find, uh, not unlike myself, uh, doing that kind of role and keeping teams winning games. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. It was it was good to see a good good pick up from the Hawks. It seems. I've got one for you, Seb. So. We don't have to go into the case if you don't want to, but we can. So obviously the Hunter-Clark-McKay uh, case is being heard on a Thursday night, which I'm pretty sure you've got some thoughts on. Uh, are you puzzled that they've 
put that one on a Thursday night. Well, let's let's break it down, Tom. Let's rapidly break it down because this is rapid fire, but I could spend hours on the MRO. Do you remember back in the 90s, I'll take you back to the 90s, when there was a tribunal case, you weren't actually allowed to comment on it because it, it was treated like a pending court case and you can't say anything that might sway effectively the jury or anyone involved. So you weren't allowed to comment on it, period. Taylor Walker's come out today and said he shouldn't get a suspension. So that's just gone out the window. But it's pretty damn hard if you're going to have the case on Thursday when the incident was on Saturday and you've got the MRO being able to grade everything else within 24 hours, but this one I couldn't even grade, sorry. I'm sending it to the tribunal. Well, what's the charge? Well, I don't actually have a charge. Then they could grade it within 24 hours, but we're still going to wait till Thursday because the AFL just knows it's going to drum up talk for the next four days. And what they're going to do is they're going to use the talk to see where everyone lands on it to then decide how they want to try and suspend him. And it's just absolutely wrong. There should be no case to answer here, Tom. It was a collision. They happen. If you're trying to eradicate that from the game, I'm 100% with Kane Corns on this. You've got to start looking at people who try and take hangers. And some of them are great. Some blokes fly for hangers when they shouldn't even get near it and they don't get near it. Why isn't that a cause for a suspension? Because that could easy, you can easily knee someone in the head and knock them out. It happens. Um, and to top it all off, some of the worst acts on the football field got a fine or one week on the weekend. Like that Dugowie bump on Clayton Oliver. He ran past the ball, didn't have the ball, and just hit him in the head. Uh, the Tex Walker attempted spoil, yeah. you know, elbow to the back of the head. Ben King, elbow to the back of the head. They're getting fines or getting nothing, and here we are. This, um, is it McKay from Adelaide? McKay, am I saying McKay? Not McKay, it's McKay. He is, a, he is notorious. McKay, a 200 gamer, he's, invisible. Yeah, he's notorious gamer. for not going in. Sorry, not notorious. He's been maligned by the fan base for not going in as hard as he should at times. And here he's lined up the ball, got there a split second late, and we're, we're trying to pull it out of the game. If that's what they want to do, it, it, look, go for it. Do it. Do it clearly so everyone knows it's out of the game. Don't do this half-assed rubbish where they're going to suspend some, not suspend others, and always base it on the outcome and the injury rather than the action. Really, really good cut uh, summary there, Seb. Look, I'm in agreement with you. Look, I'm not happy, obviously, that Hunter Clark's got a broken jaw and Doesn't matter. this year could be done. That Look, that it, yeah, like you say, it, it was a split-second footy thing. Hunter just went lower. Uh, just got in the wrong spot. He went harder at the ball and and, and copped his whack. It, you, you could freeze frame it, and people were sort of saying duty of care. But I mean, his I don't know how he, he could have done that in that moment because he just would have had to not go for the ball at all. Um, there there was no ability to put in a duty of care there. It was just two blokes going for a fifty fifty ball. One just got lower than the other, and a hip hit a jaw. Uh, look. Yeah, I, I don't. I guess the, I'm seeing the argument. You know, we're going to change the fabric of the game, getting trotted out. So to me, that might sway the argument. Um, yeah, and look, yeah, you and I have talked long and hard about the outcome affecting uh, results. Um, yeah, it, uh, I'm disappointed that we have to drag it out to Thursday, just as a story to drag out. Uh, I don't think we want to be doing that with this kind of thing. I mean, the AFL sort of preaching that it wants to look after the image of the game. Well, keeping this in the news cycle until Thursday is not really looking after the image of the game. Just 
get your verdict sorted and get it done and we can move on and then forget about it, basically. So um, got no problem with anything you said there. Um, uh, look, I, I think they'll throw this one out, but I can't sit here and feel comfortable about that because they've proved to be fairly erratic. So uh, let's see how this one pans out, and it might be one we can uh, give the AFL a clip for next week if it goes astray. So yeah, it'll get thrown out or he'll get four weeks. It's one of the two. And whatever they decide, same thing might happen next week and there may be no case to answer for. Such is the MRL, uh, the Match Review Lottery. I'm going <laughs> to... got that one. <laughs> Just had to be clear on old Chriso. Um, he might be hoping Channel 10 get the rights back to bring the fifth quarter back, Tom. Uh, I, I want to stay on the Saints game. Uh, and I don't want to give too much air time to the way this has been covered, but obviously Tim Embry and Seb Ross were away from the game for family reasons. Uh, Seb's got twins, which with, I can tell you, two kids is a lot. One kid plus the twins would be a hell of a lot for his partner to handle. Uh, And Tim Embry's obviously expecting a baby, so they didn't play. It was no criticism, and then there was a lot of criticism from one C. Wilson. uh, And everyone's been very critical of her, on the backside of it. Can I ask you a question? Why haven't the St Kilda Football Club come out and supported their decision and supported their players and said something today? That is a fantastic question that I don't have an answer for and that makes me feel uncomfortable because we could just come out and and put this one to rest. So is there some truth to what she said? I don't think there's any truth to what she said. I mean, you've got a you know a couple of players just wanting to get home to see extraordinarily young families. Yeah, but, not arguing I mean, that, but is there some that... truth to what she's saying, that there are people within the club who are disappointed with how they've handled it? Well, yeah, that would be what you clear up, because that that's, that's not... I mean, that's sort of, you know, those internal rumblings at a club that, you know, if there's smoke, there's a fire. So they could just put all that to bed, put... What it might not even be a story, but it's sort of becoming a little bit of a potential story. Just, just put it to rest. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it goes with the, uh, I guess the the Matty Lloyd, uh, Max King goal kicking thing. We we've had a couple of shockers this year on the media front. Um, it, it's just something that it's just an easy thing we can get right that we're not. So, this is probably in that basket. Uh, in that sense, I mean. Yeah, I guess we're being probed for a story and, and just some sort of defence is better than no defence. So, we, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm stunned that we're not coming out and saying something. Yeah, I start to think there's some truth to what she said in that some people at St Kilda are not happy. Not, I completely disagree with the take that they should have stuck around. Um, that's ludicrous. I don't want to give that any more airtime. I just think... Whether that's true or not, this club should have just come out and said, no, 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 we spoke with them and we agreed that while we always want them available for our team, family comes first. Football's not just about winning on the weekend. It's about, um, like, how, how would you put it? It's not just about winning on the weekend. It's about playing with your mates. Well, it's about, we're building a club. Yeah. We're not just here to clock in yeah, and win. So... Even if that's not true, you come out and say it and then you're supporting your players and you're supporting your club and then you have those conversations behind closed doors. But what do I know? Nah, it, it's a good take. But yeah, look, 
if there is anything to it that is that snuck out, that's disappointing as well. But I am shocked because, yeah, usually our media department's pretty good and pretty, uh, you know, on the front foot. And, you know, you, you follow the Saints on a Facebook or an Instagram or something. They, they usually keep, keep you informed on this kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it's sort of doing rounds around the media. It's an easy one just to shut. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm with you there, Seb. Uh, that's a good take on that one. This is an old, old question, almost an antique, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna trot it out now just because of what the great man did. But are you in the camp that has Josh Kennedy, uh, sorry, has West Coast winning the Josh Kennedy Chris Judd trade? Do you side with the Juddy or Kennedy camp? Uh, it's a win-win. Can you jump off the fence and give me uh, one side you probably favour? Carlton. Yep. Carlton. Think about how terrible they would have All been right. if Judd never went. West Coast would have been fine. Yeah, that... Carlton would have been a basket case more so. Yeah, fair. Look, I'm someone that sits in the other camp. I mean, yeah, we, we just saw uh, Kennedy win the game off his own boot with that snap late. And a stat that I just thought I'd throw at you because you'd uh, enjoy this uh, given it's not about Victoria he also broke the record in that game for the most goals outside of Victoria. So uh, he, he's got some pretty handy names on the list with him. He kicked his, I think, 511th or 512th to go all time. So he's jumped above the pav. You've got Buddy on there, Jonathan Brown, Tony Lockett, Warren Treadray. Some greats of our game, uh, and he, he's gone ahead of them. I think, yeah, given that... I mean, he, he's kicked an absolute ton of goals. He's leading the goal kicking for West Coast all time. He, he's got the flag as well. I think that's a huge one in that debate. He um, didn't win the flag. My next though. question. Well, he, he, he got a premiership medallion, which is sort of why you bring those massive recruits to your club. So you got to you got to put that in there. I mean, my second question was actually, when did you decide that Kennedy was... Uh, well, I mean, West Coast was the winner of that trade because I'm someone that's always thought that, but... Uh, interested in your take, but I think, uh, yeah, Kennedy just keeps on keeping on and they'll be pretty happy, the Eagles. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, this is the classic win-win trade of our How times. many uh, Brownlow medalists have been traded into a club in recent memory? Yeah, look, Paddy Dangerfield's probably the most recent one I can think of. Oh, Tom Mitchell. Um, well, actually, that's, that's a couple very recent. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, of that, I mean, of Judd's time, I mean, it hadn't really happened at that point, uh, that it wasn't that common. So, I mean, we're talking two times even in the last decade, so it's not really that common, but... He'd look, also yeah, won the Brownlow it, with his previous club. That's... Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Look, it, it's a debate, it's an all-time debate, but uh, yeah, look, I, I just, after JK kicked that one, I was just like, he's done it again, but uh, we could agree to disagree on no, that That's one. all right, Tom. Uh, I might save this one. I'll save that for next week. Uh, I can ask you this one at any point. It's a ripper. Uh, hit me. Tell me. Don't think. Just, just answer. Josh Kelly or Shy Bolton? Josh yeah, Kelly. Correct. Sorry, no. That is just what you instant answer. You know, you, he just jumped out at me. I, I love the work of uh, Shy, and he's putting together a. A nice little start to his career, but uh, Josh Kelly's got that. Uh, in, I mean, at his best, like you saw on the weekend, he pulled them if, through if that he game. Can string that, yeah. If it, and it, I mean, he was doing that week to week sort of in 2016, 17, 18, 
maybe dropped off in the last couple from that high perch. But if he can get back to that form, he is potential Brownlow form, I would say, if he could do that for a yep. year. Yep. Um, I've got one last one for you, Seb. Uh, will Bucks go into the AFL Hall of Fame as a legend? Oh, that's a tough one. That... I was thinking about this after that game because, I mean, his playing career gets... I think, it, it was he inducted into the Hall of Fame as a player? I'd have to check the stats. He, he probably... I think he has. So he's, he's got, a, I guess, a Hall of Fame playing career, uh, coaching career. You know, I mean, we're talking without the, the premiership, but he, he's basically done it all in our game, playing and coaching. So he's got a fair resume, but I was wondering, yeah, whether it... Uh, is enough to get him in as a legend. Just looking at the list of legends, not initially. In fact, no, I'll say no. Yeah, wow. So who we got there? We, we give. I mean, it's a fair list, but just just throw some well, of the. You, you got to remember some, maybe some of his contemporaries that he's sort of dealing with. I can't with here. elevate too many, so it's only a certain yeah, percentage. Yeah, that's right. It's so, a percentage. That's it. Uh, you got Teddy Whitten. Roy Kazali, Barassi, Lee Matthews, John Nichols, John Coleman, Jack Dyer, Hayden Button Sr., Graham Farmer, Dick Reynolds, Bob Skilton, Bob Pratt, Ian Stewart, Coventry, Peter Hudson, KB, Barry Robran. Now, that is a name yeah, I'd have to big, go and look up. Big South Australian name, that one. North uh, Adelaide. He's a legend of South Australian yep. footy. Bill Hutchison, Jock McHale, Daryl Baldock, Norm Smith, Jezelenko, Kevin Murray, Barry Cable, Royce Hart, Tony Lockett, Malcolm Blight, Sheedy, John Kennedy Sr. So yeah, that's well, that is a fair contingent of amazing. I don't names think he will the, get into in that anytime soon based on what he's done. Um and that's no slight on him, that's just they're they're the best of the best. Um playing and coaching and he Look, I think you have to factor in the no premierships on this one. No, sorry, yeah, no daytime AFL premierships <laughs> as a player or coach. Just to Thank, be clear. Thanks so much. Thanks for that, mate. I'm not sure he even won a night. Two thousand and ten or eleven. Oh, he's probably only assistant coach. Yeah, retired. Retired by that stage. Well, yeah, unless you count uh, assistant ones, which um, some might. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he's a, a mortal of the Collingwood Football Club. I'm sure there'll be some sort of statue of him one day, but I just thought that was an interesting one. Look, he might not be done if he went at, uh, Sorry, if he went and ventured to a, another club and was able to salute, I think he might just get there. But, uh, yeah, there's some amazing names on that list, and... There's amazing names that aren't on that list that uh, could still get elevated. So, yeah, I think I'm with you on that one, Seb. Maybe not just yet for Bucks. Yeah, uh, and this is just... I've picked this one up as we've recorded. Is it too early for the live ladder, Tom? We're in, we just went through uh, round 13 and we're, you're live laddering mid-game. Like, is that necessary? Look, if I'm going to be honest here, I've been live laddering since you could do that just because I enjoy... Uh, I mean, it's not as fun as it used to be, the old live ladder, when there's only one game on at a time. But, um, you know, us, us Saints fans have used live ladder to our advantage plenty of times. Don't worry about that. That's probably where I've picked it up. Uh, no, not, not, too, uh, not too early. It's all about... Uh, 
as we said last week with their racing analogy coming around that bend it's all about the positions you're in and, and how you can sort of factor in something strong in the back half of the year so if you can yeah get get your spot on the live ladder which will turn into a spot on the actual ladder if you if you win in that game and, and you know go top four like we saw the cats solidify their spot uh, i'm all for it so uh, i'm i'm in favor of the yeah, live ladder to give you a racing analogy it's a bit like uh, seeing your horse leading at the bend in the melbourne cup down flemington and, and getting in line <laughs> to cash your ticket i reckon it's a bit early to start start going the live ladder yeah, look, part of the live ladder, if you if you yeah, is enjoying seeing teams, but maybe even ones that you support higher on the ladder than they actually are, um, which I saw the live ladder wasn't kind of the Saints for uh, the back half of Saturday night. I'll say that. Uh, well, it, w- it would have been all right. You wouldn't have been able to use the live ladder. Well, as in like, we, we, I could use it for most of the night because I think we sort of jumped up to only being a. I know we've got our shocking percentage, but being a game out, whereas now we're 13th, I think, and the Crows have jumped above yeah, us. but so, Adelaide were never in front know, of that game until the last, like, 50 seconds, Tom. So live ladder. Well, yeah, so I, I got to use the actual ladder for that one, which, yeah. which uh, th- that's the one that hurts the most. Because <laughs> it's right. real. That's all right. I, um, I won't be joining you on the live ladder, but do think it has its merits in the last sort of two or three weeks of the year. Uh, we've got a mailbag question, Tom. I love Beautiful. this, and this is a uh, uh, this is probably close to your heart, so I'm going to read it out for you. Have you have you seen the question? All right, no, I'm going to get you no. to answer it, uh, and I'll just before I read it out, I'll just give you two numbers, just so you're you're aware of, of these numbers. Uh, Ten to twenty six. Uh, it's from Andy, long time listener, first time caller. Where do I sign up on the full-time umpires with an independent rule interpretations? The Swans versus the Hawks had three umpires governing three different codes. <laughs> that is a beautifully worded mailbag. Maybe a little clubhouse leader mailbag letter of the year. Um, yeah, it was a shockingly inconsistent uh, game of umpiring that we saw on, on Friday night. I, I don't know why the Hawks seem to be involved in, in some of these shockers. Um, and actually Sydney, to be honest, they, they sometimes get themselves, uh, you think that Cameron decision against the Cats. Um, it, it's nuts. Uh, it, this is one area we can, I mean, you think about just areas of footy that just need attention and need fixing. Goal kicking is probably high on the list, but umpiring should be number one. We said it last week, and I think we were on to something, Seb. Full-time umpires, get it done. Poor old Andy out here is watching this game with three different umpires, and they're all, they've got about 20, I mean, not 20, you know, they've got five interpretations per decision that they can run with. That ain't happening if you've got full-time umps. This is people studying the game and doing it for a living. This stuff doesn't happen. I'm with Andy. This has got to come in, and it's got to come in soon. We, we maybe we should, I don't know how much we can do, but let, we could start a hashtag, Seb. We'll, we'll get some sort of campaign on our uh, socials for the for the listeners out there. Uh, we want full time umps. It's going to benefit our game in an just innumerable amount of time, uh, ways. So uh, we need to get that sorted asap. Good take. Yeah, man. I I agree on that. Uh, it comes down to money, but I think it should be prioritised along with just simplifying the rule book a little bit. Let's just. That's the other problem because you have an interpretation, you have a rule with wording, and then you have to interpret the rule. 
and then three different people have to interpret the rule differently in-game to then have the millions who watch on TV interpret their interpretation of this rule that's vaguely worded creates a hell of a lot of confusion. And that's why every week there's a debate over whether this was or wasn't a free kick. And every week everyone's right and wrong. And again, I don't see the benefit of the AFL coming out and in hindsight going, that was right, that was wrong, that was right. It doesn't help anyone. Just simplify it. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yep. Great, great question there from uh, Andy. And yeah, if, if any of our other listeners have uh, questions that they want to send through, we say it every week. J- just, just jump in uh, into our social media, slide into the DMs, as they say. Send us a message. We'll read it out. We love reading them out. If you're in your car travelling back, maybe from Mitre Ten or something like that, just pull over and send it. We always, we know you've got great questions out there, our listeners, and we want to hear them. So send them through to Twelve Rows Back, and uh, and we'll we'll give them a read. Uh, as we always say, we really appreciate everyone's support. So if you can give us a, a review or a like, uh, Spotify, iTunes review, that'd be huge. Recommend us to your friends. Get them playing on the loudspeaker in your office. Do what you've got to do, uh, and we'd really appreciate that. So anything to go out on this week, uh, Seb? No, I just will say if uh, if, you're waiting f- if you've been waiting for a weekend to just spend some time with your partner or your kids, this is it. After Friday night, there ain't much on offer. So just just get that one out of the way. And this is the weekend to go and spend time with your kids because it'll start ramping up from the following week, starting Thursday night. This is in two weeks. Brisbane, Brisbane Geelong, the Gabba. That will be a game. But uh, for this week, Cats, Dogs, Friday night, GMHBA. Doesn't get much better than that, Tom. Looking forward to that, Seb. And we'll see you later in this week as well for our betting best bets and tipping podcast.